Hare Krishna, <clears throat> my dear devotees, welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. Here in the Haven, in Hive, Kent, Southeast England, just a stone's throw from the English Channel. I've been talking all day, and therefore my voice is a little rough, but it's there and it's yours. So, here we go. Srimad Bhagavata Mahima Stotram from Sri Krishna Lila Stava by Srila Sanatan Goswami describes and glorifies the Srimad Bhagavatam in such a profound way. It goes like this Sarva Shastrabdipi Yusha, Sarva Vedaika Satpala, Sarva Siddhanta Ratnaja. Sarvalokaika Drikprada, O nectar from the ocean of all scriptures, singular fruit of all the Vedas, rich mind of the precious gems of all conclusive truths, you are the only giver of sight to all the worlds. Sarva Bhagavata Prana, Srimad Bhagavata Prabho, Kali Dwandoditaditya, Sri Krishna. Parivartita, O life heir of all the Supreme Lord's devotees, O Master Srimad Bhagavatam, you are the sun risen in the darkness of Kali. You are the exact image of Sri Krishna. Paramananda Pataya, Prema Varshakshadayate, Sarvada, Sarvasevyaya, Sri Krishnaya Namostume. I bow down to you who are supremely blissful to read. Your every syllable pours down a flood of prema. You can always be served by everyone. You are Sri Krishna Himself. Madekabando Matsangin Madguru Man Mahadana Manistadagamad Bhagya Madanandanamostute. My only friend my constant companion, my spiritual master, my great wealth, my savior, my good fortune, my source of ecstasy, I bow down to you. Asadu sadhuta dayin adini chochata kara hanamun chagadachin mam prem narit kantayokspura O bestower of saintliness to the unsaintly, O exalter of the most fallen, please never leave me. Always appear in my heart and my voice with pure love. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we've come to the third <coughs> canto, sixth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, creation of the universal form, beginning with text 32. Maitreya Muni is explaining to uh, Vidura, who has been directed to Maitreya by Uddhava. 
text 32. <clears throat> Everyone's means of livelihood, namely production of grains and their distribution to the prajas, was generated from the thighs of the Lord's gigantic form. The mercantile men who take charge of such activities are called Vaishas. Purport. Human society's means of living is clearly mentioned here as Visha, or agriculture, and the business of distributing agricultural products, which involves transport, banking, etc. Industry is an artificial means of livelihood, and large-scale industry especially is the source of all the problems of society. In the Bhagavad Gita, also the duties of the Vaishyas who are engaged in Visha are stated as cow protection, agriculture, and business. We have already discussed that the human being can safely depend on the cow and agricultural land for his developed livelihood. The exchange of produce by banking and transportation is a branch of this type of living. The vices are divided into many subsections. Some of them, some of them are called chetri, or landowners. Some are called krishana, or land tillers. Some of, some of them are called tilavanik, or grain raisers. Some are called gandavanik, or merchants in spices. And some are called Suvarnavanik, or merchants in gold and banking. The Brahmanas are the teachers and spiritual masters. The Chatriyas protect the citizens from the hands of thieves and miscreants. And the Vaishyas are in charge of production and distribution. The Shudras, the unintelligent class of men who cannot work independently by performing any kind of the above-mentioned activities, are meant to earn their livelihood by serving the three higher classes. Formerly, the Brahmanas were given all the necessities of life by the Chatriyas and Vaishyas because they had no time to spend making a living. The Chatriyas would collect taxes from the Vaishyas and Shudras, but the Brahmanas were exempt from paying income tax or property tax. That system of human society was so nice <clears throat> that there were no political, social, or economic upheavals. The different castes or Varna classifications are therefore essential for maintaining a peaceful <clears throat> human society. Text 33 Thereafter, service was manifested from the legs of the Personality of Godhead for the sake of perfecting the religious function. Situated on the legs of the Shudras who satisfy the Lord by service. Purport Service is the real constitutional occupation of all living entities. The living entities are meant to render service to the Lord and they can attain religious perfection by this service attitude. One cannot attain religious perfection simply by speculating to attain theoretical knowledge. 
the jnani division of spiritualists go on speculating only to distinguish the soul from matter, but they have no information of the activities of the soul after being liberated by knowledge. It is said that persons who, are, who only engage in mental speculation to know things as they are and who do not engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord are simply wasting their time. It is clearly said here that the principle of service was generated from the legs of the Lord for the sake of perfecting the religious process. But this transcendental service is different from the idea of service in the material world. In the material world, no one wants to be a servant. Everyone wants to become the master because false mastership is the basic disease of the conditioned soul. The conditioned soul in the material world wants to lord it over others. Illusioned by the external energy of the Lord, he is forced to become a servant of the material world. That is the real position of the conditioned soul. The last snare of the illusory external energy is the conception of becoming one with the Lord. And due to this conception, the illusioned soul remains in bondage of the material energy, falsely thinking himself a liberated soul and as good as Narayana. It is actually better to be a Shudra than to be a Brahmana and not develop the service attitude, because that attitude alone satisfies the Lord. Can I read that again? This is profound. It is actually better to be a Shudra than to be a Brahmana and not develop the service attitude because that attitude alone satisfies the Lord. Every living being, even if he be a Brahmana by qualification, must take to the transcendental service of the Lord. Both the Bhagavad Gita and the Srimad Bhagavatam confirm that this service attitude is the perfection of the living entity. A Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya or Shudra can perfect his occupational duties only by rendering service unto the Lord. A Brahmana is supposed to know this fact due to his perfection in Vedic wisdom. The other sections are supposed to follow the direction of the Brahmana, Vaishnava, one who is a Brahmana by qualification and a Vaishnava by action. That will make the entire society perfect in regard to the order of its social construction. A disordered society can satisfy either the, can, cannot satisfy either the members of the society or the Lord. Even if one is not a perfect Brahmana, Chetir Vaishya or Shudra, but takes to the service of the Lord, not caring for the perfection of his social position, he becomes a perfect human being, simply by developing the attitude of service to the Supreme Lord. 34. All these different social divisions, along with their occupational duties, 
and living conditions are born from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Thus, for unconditional life and self-realization, one has to worship the Supreme Lord under the direction of the spiritual master. Purport Since they are born from different parts of the body of the Supreme Lord in His gigantic form, all living entities in all parts of the entire universe are supposed to be eternal servitors of the Supreme Body. All the parts of our own body, such as the mouth, hands, thighs, and legs, <clears throat> are meant to render service to the whole. That is their constitutional position. In human, human life, the living entities are not conscious of this constitution. Excuse me, I read that improperly. In subhuman life, the living entities are not conscious of this constitutional position. But in the human form of life, they are supposed to know this through the system of the varnas, the social orders. As above mentioned, the Brahmana is the spiritual master of all the orders of society, and thus Brahminical culture, culminating in the transcendental service of the Lord, is the basic principle for purifying the soul. In conditioned life, the soul is under the impression that he can become the Lord of the universe, and the last point of this misconception is to think oneself the supreme. The foolish conditioned soul does not take into account that the supreme cannot be conditioned by maya or illusion. If the supreme were to become conditioned by illusion, where would, his, where would be his supremacy? In that case, maya or illusion would be the supreme. Therefore, because the living entities are conditioned, they cannot be supreme. The actual position of the conditioned soul is explained in this verse. All the conditioned souls are impure due to contact with the material energy in three modes of nature. Therefore, it is necessary that they purify themselves under the guidance of the bona fide spiritual master, who, as we have discussed above, must not only be a brahmana by qualification, but also a Vaishnava. The only self-purifying process mentioned herein is to worship the Lord by the recognized method under the guidance of the bona fide spiritual master. That is the natural way of purification and no other method is recommended as bona fide. The other methods of purification may be helpful to come to this stage of life, but ultimately one has to come to this last point before he attains actual perfection. The Bhagavad Gita 7.19 confirms this truth as follows. Bahunam janmanamante jnanavanmam prapajyate vasudevak sarvamiti samahatma sudurlabaha After many births and deaths, he who is actually in knowledge surrenders unto me, knowing me to be the cause of all causes and all that is. Such a great soul is very rare. Text 35.
Vidura, who can estimate or measure the transcendental time, work, and potency of the gigantic form manifested by the internal potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead? Purport. <clears throat> the froggish philosophers may go on with their mental speculations on the subject matter of the Virat, the gigantic form exhibited by the Yogamaya internal potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But factually, no one can measure such a vast exhibition. In the Bhagavad Gita 11.16, Arjuna, a recognized devotee of the Lord, says, Aneka bahu dadavaktarnetram pasyami twang sarvato nantarupam nantam chamadyam napunas tabadim pasyami vishweshwara vishwarupa O my Lord, O gigantic Vishwarupa form, O master of the universe, I see innumerable arms, bellies, mouths and eyes in all directions and they are all unlimited. I cannot find the end of this manifestation, nor do I see the middle, nor the beginning. The Bhagavad Gita was specifically spoken to Arjuna and the Vishwarupa was exhibited before him at his request. He was awarded the specific eyes to see this Vishwarupa, yet although he was able to see the Lord's innumerable arms and mouths, he was unable to see him completely. Since Arjuna was unable to estimate the length and breadth of the potency of the Lord, who else would be able to do so? One may only indulge in miscalculation like the frog philosopher. The frog philosopher wanted to estimate the length and breadth of the Pacific Ocean according to his experience of his three-foot-wide well. And thus he began to puff himself up to, begin to become as big as the Pacific Ocean. But at last he burst and died by this process. This story is applicable to the mental speculative philosophers who, in, under the illusion of the Lord's uh, external energy, indulge in estimating the length and breadth of the Supreme Lord. The best path is to become a cool-headed, submissive devotee of the Lord. Try to hear about the Lord from the bona fide spiritual master and thus serve the Lord in transcendental loving service as suggested in the previous verse. Text 36 In spite of my inability, whatever I have been able to hear from the spiritual master and whatever I could assimilate, I am now describing in glorification of, glorification of the Lord by pure speech. For otherwise, my power of speaking would remain unchaste. Purport The purification of the conditioned soul necessitates purification of his consciousness. By the presence of consciousness, 
the presence of the transcendental soul is verified. And as soon as consciousness leaves the body, the material body is not active. Consciousness is perceived, therefore, by activities. The theory put forward by empiric philosophers that consciousness can remain in an inactive state is the proof of their poor fund of knowledge. One should not become unchaste by stopping the activities of pure consciousness. If the activities of pure consciousness are stopped, certainly the conscious living force will be otherwise engaged, because unless engaged in the consciousness, he has no standing. Because unless engaged in consciousness, he has no standing. Consciousness cannot be silent, even for a moment. When the body does not act, the consciousness acts in the form of dreams. Unconsciousness is artificial. By induced extraneous help, it remains for a limited period, but when the intoxication of the drug is finished, or when one is awake, the consciousness again acts earnestly. Maitreya's statement is that in order to avoid unchaste conscious activities, he was trying to describe the unlimited glories of the Lord, despite not having the ability to describe them perfectly. This glorification of the Lord is not a product of research, but is the result of hearing submissively from the authority of the spiritual master. It is also not possible to repeat all that one has heard from his spiritual master, but one can narrate as far as possible by one's honest endeavor it does not matter whether the Lord's glories are fully explained or not. One must attempt to engage one's bodily, mental, and verbal activities in the transcendental glorification of the Lord. Otherwise, such activities will remain unchaste and impure. The existence of the conditioned soul can be purified only by the method of engaging one's mind and speech in the service of the Lord. The Tridandi Sannyasi of the Vaishnava school accepts three rods representing the vow to engage in the service of the Lord with body, mind, and speech, whereas the Ekadandi Sannyasi takes the vow to become one with the Supreme. Since the Lord is the Absolute, there is no distinction between Him and His glories. The glories of the Lord, as chanted by the Vaishnava Sannyasi, are as substantial as the Lord Himself. And thus, while glorifying the Lord, the devotee becomes with Him in transcendental interest, although He remains eternally a transcendental servitor. This simultaneous one and different position of a devotee makes him eternally purified, and thus his life becomes a complete success. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. What a purport. What a purport. <clears throat> the highest perfection gain 
of humanity is to engage in discussions of the activities and glories of the pious actor. Such activities are so nicely arranged in writing by the greatly learned sages that the actual purpose of the ear is served just by being near them. Purport. <clears throat> the impersonalists <clears throat> are very much afraid of hearing the activities of the Lord because they think that the happiness derived from being transcendentally situated in Brahman is the ultimate goal of life. They think that anyone's activity, even that of the personality of Godhead, is mundane. But the idea of happiness indicated in this verse is different because it relates to the activities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who has transcendental qualities. The word gunavadam is significant because the qualities of the Lord and His activities and pastimes are the subject matter for the discussions of devotees. A rishi like Maitreya is certainly not interested in discussing anything pertaining to mundane qualities. Yet he says that the highest perfectional stage of transcendental realization is to discuss the Lord's activities. Srila Jiva Goswami therefore concludes that topics regarding the transcendental activities of the Lord are far beyond the transcendental realization of Kaivalya, happiness. These transcendental activities of the Lord are so arranged in writing by the great sages that simply by hearing those narrations one becomes perfectly self-realized and the proper use of the ear and the tongue is also achieved. Srimad Bhagavatam is one of such great literatures and the highest perfectional state of life is attained simply by hearing and reciting its contents. Text 38 O my son, the original poet, Brahma, after mature meditation for one thousand celestial years, could, not, could know only that the glories of the Supreme Soul are inconceivable. Purport There are some froggish philosophers who want to know the Supreme Soul by means of philosophy and mental speculation. And when the devotees, who are to some extent in knowledge of the Supreme Lord, admit that the glories of the Lord are inestimable or inconceivable, the froggish philosophers criticize them. These philosophers, like the frog in the well, who tried to estimate the measurement of the Pacific Ocean, like to take trouble over fruitless mental speculation instead of taking instructions from devotees like the original poet, namely Brahma. Lord Brahma underwent a severe type of meditation for 1,000 celestial years. Yet he said that the glories of the Lord are inconceivable. Therefore, what can the froggish philosophers hope to gain from their mental speculations? 
It is said in the Brahma Sangita that although the mental speculator may fly through the sky of, of speculation with the velocity of the mind or the wind for thousands of millions of years, he will still find the glories of the Lord inconceivable. The devotees, however, do not waste time in such vain searching after knowledge of the Supreme, but they submissively hear the glories of the Lord from bona fide devotees. Thus, they transcendentally enjoy the process of hearing and chanting. The Lord approves of the devotional activities of the devotees or Mahatmas, and He says, Mahatmanas tumam partha daivim prakritim ashritaha bhajantyananya manaso bhajantyananya manaso yatva bhutaram abhyayam satatam kirtiyantomam yatantascha dridavrtaha namasyantas chamam bhaktya nityayukta upasate Bhagavad Gita 9.13 and 14 The pure devotees of the Lord take shelter of the para-prakriti, the internal, the internal potency of the Lord, called Lakshmi Devi, Sita Devi, Shimati Radharani, or Shimati Rukmini Devi. And thus they become actual Mahatmas, or great souls. Mahatmas are not fond of indulging in mental speculations, but they actually take to the devotional service of the Lord without the slightest deviation. Devotional service is manifested by the primary process of hearing and chanting about the activities of the Lord. This transcendental method practiced by the Mahatma gives them sufficient knowledge of the Lord because if the Lord can at all be known to some extent, it is only through the means of devotional service and no other way. One may go on speculating and waste the valuable time of his human life, but that will not help anyone to enter into the precincts of the Lord. The Mahatmas, however, are not concerned with knowing the Lord by mental speculation because they enjoy hearing about His glorious activities in His transcendental dealings with the devotees or with the demons. The devotees take pleasure in both and are happy in this life and in the life after. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Text 39 Thus, the wonderful potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead is bewildering even to the jugglers. That potent power is unknown, even to the self-sufficient Lord, so it is certainly unknown to others. PURPORT The froggish philosophers and mundane wranglers in science and mathematical calculation may not believe in the inconceivable potency of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but they are sometimes puzzled by the wonderful jugglery of man and nature. Such jugglers and magicians of the mundane world are, practic are actually puzzled by the jugglery of the Lord in His transcendental activities. 
but they try to adjust their bewilderment by saying that it is all mythology. There is, however, nothing impossible or mythological in the supreme omnipotent person. The most wonderful puzzle for the mundane wranglers is that while they remain calculating the length and breadth of the unlimited potency of the Supreme Person, his faithful devotees are set free from the bondage of material engagement simply by appreciating the wonderful jugglery of the Supreme in the practical field. The devotees of the Lord see the wonderful dexterity in everything with which they come in contact in all circumstances of eating, sleeping, working, and so on. A small banyan fruit contains thousands of small seeds, and each seed holds the potency of another tree, which again holds the potency of many millions of such fruits as causes and effects. So the trees and seeds engage the certain devotees in meditation about the activities of the Lord, while the mundane wranglers waste time in dry speculation and mental concoction, which are fruitless in both this life and the next. In spite of their pride in speculation, they can never appreciate the simple potent activities of the banyan tree. Such speculators are poor souls destined to remain in matter perpetually. Text 40 Words, mind, and ego, with their respective controlling demigods, have failed to achieve success in knowing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, we simply have to offer our respectful obeisances unto Him as a matter of sanity. What a verse! Yato prapya yavartanta bachascha manasa saha ahang chanya ime devas tasmai bhagavate namaha. Again, words, mind, and ego with their respective controlling demigods have failed to achieve success in knowing the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, we simply have to offer our respectful obeisances unto Him as a matter of sanity. Purport The froggish calculator, here we go again, the froggish calculator may raise the objection that if the Absolute is unknowable, even by the controlling deities of speech, mind and ego, namely the Vedas, Brahma, Rudra, and all the demigods headed by Brihaspati, then why should the devotees be so interested in this unknown object? The answer is that the transcendental ecstasy enjoyed by the devotees is in delineating the pastimes of the Lord is certainly unknown to non-devotees and mental speculators. Unless one relishes transcendental joy, naturally one will come back from his speculations and concocted conclusions because he will see them as neither factual nor enjoyable. The devotees can at least know 
that the Absolute Truth is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu, as the Vedic hymns confirm, Om Tad Vishnok Paramam Padam Sada Pashanti Suryaha. The Bhagavad Gita 1515 also confirms this fact. Vedaish Chasar Vair Aham Veja. Whoa, that's not the full, full thing. Vedaish Chasar Aham Eva Veja. By culture of Vedic knowledge, one must know Krishna, Lord Krishna, and should not falsely speculate on the word aham or I. The only method for understanding the Supreme Truth is devotional service. As stated in the Bhagavad Gita, 1855, Bhaktya Maam Abhijanati Yavanyas Chasmitatpataha. Only by devotional service can one know that the ultimate truth is the personality of Godhead and that Brahman and Paramatma are only his partial features. This is confirmed in this verse by the great sage Maitreya. With devotion, he offers his sincere surrender, Namaha, to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagavate. One has to follow in the footsteps of great sages and devotees like Maitreya, Vidura, Maharaj Parikshit, and Shukadev Goswami, and engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. If one would know his ultimate feature, which is above Brahman and Paramatma. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the third canto, sixth chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Creation of the Universal Form. All glories to Maitreya Muni, who heard from the Supreme Personality Gada directly while the Lord instructed Uddhava to go to Bhadarikashram and stay in the material world to deliver the message that he wanted to be delivered to Narayan Rishi and all the great sages. All glories of his descriptions in these last few verses and Prabhupada's purports which describe how to engage in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Hare Krishna. That's 8 o'clock. We'll stop our reading here and we'll start up again tomorrow. <coughs> with chapter 7 text 1 well that was quite an experience if I might say those purports and verses are especially these last 5 or 10 are profoundly deep and at the same time simple easy to understand okay let's hear from the great souls out there in cyberspace listening attentively what their reflections are verses from who oh rati hari krishna jaguru maharaj the sacred hour of power you can say that again. Those were powerful purports. Hare Krishna. Let's discuss them a little more. Go ahead. 
Musika Shiramani. Hare Krishna Musika Shiramani. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri and the Prabhupada. Pure nectar which never ceases to get better and better. Yes, it's true. It's ever-expanding and there's no end to it. There's a verse, a purport, in which Srila Prabhupada describes that the impersonalists think that, there's, that devotional service is defective or, yeah, bhakti yoga is defective because there's always something more to look forward to. They think that means it's not the absolute truth because the absolute truth is one. And therefore, when you get there, that's it. <laughs> but the fact is, as Sanatana Goswami <laughs> says in his purport to that verse, it's not a defect. It just shows that devotional service in Krishna consciousness results in an un, unending variety of tastes and satisfaction. Hare Krishna. <clears throat> From Kopakanya Devi Dasi. Yes, Kopakanya Devi Dasi. Hare Krishna, dear Maharaj, and all assembled sages. All Hare glories. Krishna. O glories to Sri the Prabhupada in your daily reading service of Sri the Prabhupada's book. Thank you very much. All glories to His Divine Grace. And especially the Srimad Bhagavatam we're reading presently. From Bhaktarupa. Yes, Bhaktarupa. Haribo. So nice to have you back. Thanks for reading, Maharaj. Appreciated how Prabhupada highlighted agriculture as being the primary means of livelihood. Yes. The modern society is all based on artificial industries for livelihood. Yes. If we don't keep buying things, then we are doomed. We have, <laughs> to, we have to spend ourselves out of recession and so on. Most of these things we are buying are actually unnecessary. Yes. Reminds me of how in Sri Shapanishad, Prabhupada said that we can't eat nuts in bolts. Hare Krishna. Yes, it's actually true. But, but the fact is also that we're using the products of this technological age in order to glorify Krishna. We couldn't do this so efficiently without it. So therefore, we, rather than reject it, we accept it and serve and give back to Krishna the products of material nature because the intelligence and the ingredients and the ability to do these things are all being given to us by Krishna. So it belongs to Krishna. It doesn't belong to us. So if we see it like that, we can at least, even though we can't stop the whole society from driving cars and whatever they're, they're doing nowadays and having these computers, we can use it for Krishna's service. That's the safe position. Hare Krishna. Yes, Sudevi Dasi, my dear God sister, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj. <clears throat> and from, uh, more from Bhakti Rupa. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. 
I've also noticed in this section, Prabhupada has repeatedly hammered on the point that thinking oneself to be the supreme is the last snare of Maya. He must have said it over 20 times so far in this canto. Yes, it's one of his favorite things to say. <laughs> I thought it was very interesting also how the basic principle of devotional service was given in the description of the Shudra. Because the Shudra's service is to, or, or occupation, is to serve the higher classes. And Prabhupada said that service attitude is actually the basis of devotional service in all of the different relationships of Krishna, all of the different varnas and ashramas. It's all based on the service attitude. And in the spiritual world, it's still based on the service attitude. Even the highest, the gopis in Srimati Radharani, she feels herself the servant of Krishna and the servant of everyone. She thinks that all other souls are devotees except for her. That's the end of the service attitude. It begins with humility. I am a servant and I must serve and it ends with humility. Everyone is better than me. And what does that do? It purchases Krishna's love. It purchases Krishna and he gives himself to such a devotee. In Vrindavan, in Braj, it's filled with personalities that are in that state of mind and therefore they can actually chastise Krishna. In Vaikuntha, no one would even think to do such a thing. They can't even imagine it. But sometimes the gopis chastise Krishna. How can you do this to us? You rascal. You debauchee. This is the result of pure, unalloyed devotional service. You become in relationship with Krishna in such a way that he wants to be with you. He wants to be protected by you. He wants to be chided by you. He wants to be he wrestle with you, sometimes be defeated by you in wrestling. This is inconceivable, this relationship of pure devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead in Goloka Vrindavan. Hare Krishna. Some Yes, Anandamurti. <clears throat> Dear Guru Maharaj and all assembled devotees, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. Thank you so much for today's <coughs> reading. It is so wonderful to hear these transcendental topics of Srimad Bhagavatam. Today I heard that the service attitude to the Supreme Lord is the only thing to develop in my life. And this hearing process from bona fide spiritual master is so important for developing devotional service. Thank you so much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Jai is divine grace. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Thank you for that lovely reflection. Thank you. Spot on. And from Gemma, Rata. Yes, Gemma. 
Respectful obeisances. Thanks again, Guru Maharaj. Powerful. Hare Krishna. That was incredible tonight. And the Sanskrit mantras again. Wow. Jai Srila Prabhupada. <laughs> Hare Krishna. <clears throat> Yes, Daitari Hari, Hari Bo. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances, all glories to Sri the Prabhupada. I really appreciated a few things I heard tonight. One was that one may not be a perfect Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, and so on, but one can still attain the perfection of life by understanding the principle of service to the Supreme Lord. It's very reassuring because you see the social chaos in the mo in the world at the moment, and realize that it's almost impossible to re-establish Varnashram in its ideal form, in the foreseeable future. Mm. Understanding that sincerity in our service attitude, as being the key to success, despite the complicated and difficult social environment we find ourselves in. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. The only shelter. There's this. Uh, the world is full of offenses now. You know. Uh, so many people are offending each other. They don't can't agree on anything. They're divided by political parties. They're divided by philosophy. They're divided by nationhood. And they actually hate the other party. And therefore, they, there's no way to compromise and come to a higher understanding and to progress together. Their only idea is to annihilate the other people, the other party. It's, it's become very, very difficult. Therefore, it's even more important that we get a taste for hearing about how things were in the Vedic age before people devolved into this kind of uh, dog-eat world. Hare Krishna. And only pure devotional service can see. It may be see, seeming to be uh, unconquerable or inconceivably larger than us. What can we do? Well, we can keep doing what we're doing because just if Prabhupada, I just heard Prabhupada say the other day, if just 5% of the population can be convinced of this and start doing pure devotional service, especially some of the leaders, the world can change. It has changed before and it can change, especially during these 10,000 years of Lord Chaitanya's age after he, after he appeared. Sometimes some, some of our acharyas count the years of starting at 500 years after the Lord's appearance. Some of them begin at 500 years, but 500 or less, more or less in relationship to 10,000 is not very big difference. But there's going to be at least a 5,000 period of increase in Krishna consciousness. You can't see it very much in the global scale right now because there's so much nonsense going on in the world compared to what we're doing. But it's still spreading. There's still more people chanting Hare Krishna every day. There's more people getting to know about it every day through this book distribution, through these Harinam parties, through meeting devotees in their daily daily lives, like we have Dal Nitai and Radhananda with their with their bakery shop, 
and it's Krishna conscious. Everything's offered to Krishna. They make nice direct decorations in the in the uh, in the show show rent window and display window, and people are beginning to change. I, this is what they tell me. They, they're beginning to change. They're beginning to ask questions. They're having programs. It's going on all over the world. Ratamijari just led, you know, organized the kirtan and President's Day and it's the heart of Amsterdam. Thousands of people were chanting. Hundreds of devotees were chanting together. Revolutionary. Young people dancing in the streets with hands in the air, laughing jollily, right in the middle of this chaos. It is five percent we can get to chant and hear and take prasadam, and then finally, after a little purified from doing that, to inquire about what the meaning of the Bhagavad Gita and Bhagavatam are, and the world will change. It is going to change. It's just a matter of time, and the intensity of each of our desire. Hare Krishna. Goranga Gopal. Yes, Goranga Gopal. Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. All glories to Sri the Prabhupada. Jai Sri the Prabhupada. Hearing about the froggish philosophers trying to figure out Krishna's ah. opulence made me think of a conversation we just had today with Gopal and the other Welsh boys. Mm. We were discussing about the infamous debate of the origin of the jiva. Uh Were we with Krishna originally or not? We could speculate so much about it, become propounder of this theory or that one, and so on. Ultimately, our conclusion was that we have to appreciate how inconceivable Krishna is and his unlimited potencies. If we accept this simple fact, we can become peaceful peaceful and surrender unto him by performing devotional service we will eventually be able to understand him. Well, it, you know, a good idea when you have that kind of discussion is to pull up the crow and tall flu- fruit logic letter that Srila Prabhupada addresses this very issue directly. The tall and crow, the crow and tall fruit logic you can look it up in the database. It's a, it's a letter sent by to Madhuvisa who directly uh, asked Prabhupada about this issue. And you will get the, the, the proper understanding. We cannot understand from the position we're in, in time and space and three dimensions, the eternality of the spiritual world. We just heard how Brahma studied the Vedas three times, and the conclusion he came to was that the glories of the Lord are inconceivable. And we're going to try to figure out by our own speculative reasoning where we came from and why and when. We were not in time and space when that happened. So, And we can't conceive of what freedom from time and space is. So you'll never find in this actual verses of Shastra, in the Vedas, the Upanishads, Puranas, a, a, an analysis that brings us to a, an absolute conclusion one way or the other. Therefore, the conclusion that Bhakti Vinod Thakur made and that Bhakti Sananda Saraswati Thakur made and Srila Prabhupada made 
that it's a waste of time to discuss that over and over and over again without coming to a definite conclusion because it's inconceivable and I think you came to the right conclusion. Jiva Goswami says, unless you can actually accept achintya, the inconceivable potency of the Lord, that He can do anything, you can't begin to understand uh, where the soul came from. But we do know one thing, nitya siddha krishna prema sabhukavu noi, that eternally existing in the heart of every single soul is krishna prema. Nitya siddha krishna prema sabhukavu noi. And it's not important. Prabhupada used the example. So you're walking along the street and all of a sudden you hear this thud and you look down and you see an arrow in your chest. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to get out a protractor and a slide rule and try to figure out, figure out where it came from and you know, and all of that. No, you get the arrow out immediately. Get help. Hare Krishna. From Bhakti Rupa. Yes, Bhakti Rupa. He says, reassuring as I came out as a Shudra in the Varna Chakra. Goranga mentioned last night. <laughs> Absolutely. Better to be a sincere Shudra than a charlatan meditator. Better to be a sincere Shudra than a pretender. Subhara Rajagopal. Yes, Subhara Hare Krishna, please accept my humble obeisances and all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Jai Srila Prabhupada. Today's readings of the purports gave many gems. 1. The purification of the conditioned soul necessitates purification of his consciousness. Yes. 2. The existence of the conditioned soul can be purified only by the method of engaging mind and speech in the service of the Lord. Yes. 3. Srimad Bhagavatam is one of such great literatures and the highest perfectional state of life is attained simply by hearing and reciting its contents. Dry ho to the daily readings which embody these gems. And I'll add one. Consciousness can be observed through activity. Where there is no consciousness, there is no activity. And therefore you can perceive consciousness directly through activity. And when the activity is pure, then you come to pure devotional service. Pure consciousness, Krishna consciousness. The activities of the soul. The soul is active, therefore the body is active. When the soul leaves the body, the body is no longer active. So what? is the activity of the soul. That's the question. That is the uh, topmost consciousness. The consciousness of Krishna. And we get it by hearing 
about Krishna and his activities and his unlimited potencies. Hare Krishna. From Daitari Hari? Yes, Daitari Hari. I also like the point that one can purify oneself only by hearing and chanting the glories of the Lord. Yes. There's a point I heard a few nights ago in these readings that the conditioned soul can completely purify himself if he agrees to hear only Krishna Katha. Yes. It sounds like a good deal to me. Yes. It's practical, it's logical, and it works. But in order to know, you have to do it. You can't just lick the outside of the jar of honey. You have to open the jar and taste the honey. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari? Yes, Rati. My dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my respectful obeisances. All glories to Srila Prabhupada and his Bhaktivedanta purports. Tonight's reading was full of powerful one-liners, one <laughs> such as this one in 3632 purport. Industry is an artificial means of livelihood, and large-scale industry especially is the source of all the problems of society. Mm. End quote. I do not remember hearing such an all-encompassing definition in connection to explaining all the problems of life. <laughs> How great is the contrast between Srila Prabhupada's Vaishnava standpoint and the dreams of ever-expansion of today's industrial giants and how fearless and dexterous he was to say everything as it is. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that reflection. It's fantastic. And still he flew in airplanes. <laughs> so that he could come and deliver us. He did the needful. He... He used everything in Krishna's service. And in that way, it spiritualized at least a part of the world and everyone that was willing to take up this process. Hare Krishna. And from Gemma? Yes, Gemma. Om Namo Srimati Radharani Sundar Lalita Devi Jaya Mataji. Hare Krishna. And from Rati Manjari. And this one, in 3638 purport, the mental speculator may fly through the sky of speculation with the velocity of the mind or the wind for thousands or millions of years, and still he will find it inconceivable. Fly through the sky of speculation. So funny. <laughs> Thank you for encouraging us in our preaching efforts. I am much obliged to you. Hare Krishna, and I am much obliged. I live vicariously by watching you increase this preaching in Amsterdam, in Holland. All glories to all of you, the assembled devotees, and your wonderful realizations and, and, and reflections, and going deeper into the understanding of these purports. Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Samaveda Bhakta Brinda ki jai. Gaur Premanandi Hari Hari Bol. See you tomorrow night. Same time, same place, same topic. As Maitreya Muni begins to go even deeper into the unfolding 
of the creation of the universe. See you tomorrow.